Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the Jazz Session is also archived for free anytime you want it at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. As you know, uh, each year for the last two years, I have been... <laughs> that's really not much of a run. Each year for the last two years. Impressive, isn't it? For the last two years, I've been going uh, to my hometown of Lenox, Massachusetts for the Tanglewood Jazz Festival, which happens uh, at the gorgeous Tanglewood Music Center, nestled in the Berkshire Hills. Uh, that happens on Labor Day weekend each year. And each year I record a big gang of interviews and then uh, spread them out over the course uh, you know, of however many months until they have all been played. Well, today is another in that series. It's uh, pianist Michael Casehammer. Uh, funnily enough, Michael Casehammer was one of the first uh, people whose CDs I ever spun when I started working at the radio station uh, in Rochester, New York, where I worked before I embarked on my illustrious podcasting career. And uh, I always was very fond of him, a very uh, technically gifted player, but he also really seemed to have a lot of joy and, and passion in what he was doing. And I've always remembered his records fondly and was quite pleased when I saw that he was at Tanglewood and uh, had a, f a fun chance to sit down with him in the big tent and chat for a while about the music. Uh, and so to give you an idea of what he sounds like, here's Michael. Once upon a time in the bayou A shacking up in New Orleans Some old man in a garbage can Turned to me and spilled the beans Said pay no mind to my condition Seen the world far and wide They got treasures here, they got treasures there I carry mine around inside Wherever you go, wherever you go You gotta let that love light burn Wherever you go, wherever you go Wherever you go you gotta let that love light burn wherever you go I caught a train up to Memphis, Mississippi on my side Preach a man with a sovereign tan, started getting sanctified Said a man like me in my position, knows about the golden rule I gave away my possessions and my heart is my only jewel Wherever you go, wherever you go you gotta let that love light burn wherever you go Wherever you go, wherever you go You gotta let that love light burn wherever you go What you gonna do on the days when the tide is low? How you gonna feel in the cold when the four winds blow? How you react when the cracks in your armor grow, grow, grow? Let that love light show. My guest is pianist Michael Casehammer. Uh, we're recording this live in the uh, Ten at Tanglewood. You just finished your set in the Jazz Cafe. Yeah. it was fantastic, man. Thank you. Yeah, really it was fun a lot of fun. You know, before we went on, I thought, who plays at noon? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we started playing, and you know, it's just as soon as you go on, it's just. 
all that energy comes up. I love it. Now, I've heard you since your very first recording. I don't know how many years ago it was now. Seven or eight, maybe, somewhere in there? 98, it would have been 98. Oh, 98. Yeah. Man, time, so, time is years, flying. Eh? Yeah, that's 11 fantastic. years. 11 years. So, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm so impressed with the, the kind of consistency and, uh, and the real strong musical vision that you've shown. Can you talk about why you've approached the particular repertoire that you have? Why you play what you play? Kind of, you, well, you've kind of staked out a very particular yeah, place I, in the Yeah, I really... Um, it's really a mix of original songs that that, and I love writing. I love writing uh, instrumentals and I love writing lyrics, and uh, and songs that really like a song has to do something for me. It really has to touch me, and and uh, otherwise, you know, if I can relate to it, uh, and and to be honest, that's sometimes a problem I have with jazz, with the jazz genre is that that sometimes the song is more a vehicle for the musicians to play rather than serving the song and I'm very much into serving the song so uh, you know whatever the song needs um, I like to play or I like to arrange it that way rather than whatever I need to to show off or something you know what I mean and is a part of serving the song also the connection with the audience I think so yeah because and we don't have a set list or anything you know like when you when we go on like the audience is another member of the band for sure because I mean, if they want to go a certain direction, why go another direction? You know, right. and you're fighting. <laughs> you're, all, you're, you're, there for the, you're all there for the same reason, just to enjoy each other's company, right? Now, you mentioned this a little bit on stage, but will you talk about how you were introduced to like people like James P. and Fats yeah. Waller and the kind of early uh, proprietors of the, the piano? Right? Yeah, my dad. My dad, I remember as far back as I can remember, my dad, my parents used to have these house parties with people people would come over and then at the end of the party my dad would always play piano and he would and then there would be like a big sing-along and everything and uh and i always i just wanted to be like my dad to be honest you know i just he played a lot of scott joplin he played a lot of uh, fats waller and i to me it's it feels so natural to play that stuff because it's all i've ever known now, I know that your full band uh, has horns, uh, and I wonder how you adapt for a larger ensemble. How do you adapt the vision that you have to that? Well, it's really that you have to um, hire the right musicians and listen. <laughs> That's the key to everything. It's the magic trick. It really is. And then you can't, you can't play, and you play differently, too. Like, if there's six people on stage, you, you play a lot different than... I mean, the two of us going on stage, drums and piano especially, because it's... Uh, uh, it, it, drums is not a chordal instrument, right? So it's I can go anywhere, like, and I di- I do uh, literally anywhere. And, and and Mark, my drummer, looks over and he goes, "Okay, want to go there now?" <laughs> With a six piece, you can't do it as much, you know, because you have to stick to the form. I may not buy you fancy things, motor cars or diamond rings, but I'm the only guy who sings you love songs. Come what hasn't come on me, things are looking up today. Got you on my arm, but aren't we handsome? Goodbye loneliness, you wore a pretty dress, but I have found some better company. Now you're fading away, hello heaven sent. Well, we still got to pay the rent, but do I look at all this me? No. I've been saving on my sidewalk pennies for a rainy day I've been saving on my sidewalk pennies for a rainy day 
To see you later, vice along Blues be lost or we'll be gone I think I'll have to carry on without you I may not have that much to spend But love is paying dividends I'm sorry if my joy offends you Sorry that I wouldn't bend to Goodbye loneliness You wore a pretty dress But I have found some better company Now you're fading away Hello heaven sent Well we still got to pay the rent But do I look at all dismay oh, I've been saving on the sidewalk Pennies for a rainy day I've been saving on the sidewalk Pennies for a rainy day You and Mark seem uh, really well matched. How did you guys meet? Mark uh, grew up in Toronto, and I, I've I've always known about him in the in the in the Toronto music scene. Um, and then we we never really met. I saw him play a bunch of times. He saw me play a bunch of times. And then about three years ago, I, I was looking to put together a new band, and he's one of my favorite drummers. So I called him. He was into it, and we've become really really good friends. And that's, I think, what shows on stage, you know, that we can really poke each other, you know, because cause there's no, you, you can't step on anyone's toes. Right. We're really good friends. Do you, uh, do you find that you're surprised by where the sets go when you uh, sit at the piano? Yeah, to the good and bad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think, really? That's where you're going? But, you know, I don't... I live so in the moment that with my live in general that I really just I don't you know if, if whatever comes comes and, and I just enjoy it whatever it is almost as long as I can remember you you've been working original music into what you do yeah uh, can you talk about why you made that decision well I don't think I, it was a conscious decision I just I remember when I had classical lessons as a kid I used to write classic I, I always wanted to write a symphony so I used to write, I was like 10 years old and I was writing all these classical songs and I think my parents still have it in their crawl space or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, it's always been a natural thing. And, I, and to me personally, I think it's very important um, if you have something to say to just write it out and, 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 and convey it with your own song. You know, it's, I think it's very important to have original songs. So, uh, the, probably the most important question, how much can you bench press with just your left arm? I, I have to believe that after seeing your left hand play today... Well, I'm really loose, though. Like, I, don't, I don't hit more than that, you know? Like, it's, it's a lot of velocity, and I play pretty loose, but I lift weights sometimes, <laughs> and I'm left-handed, too. I write oh, are you really? Yeah. No it, kidding. But people always say, oh, that's why you have such a left hand. But it doesn't matter? Well, I don't think my right hand's that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I can't write with my right hand. <laughs> you, uh, you seem to uh, approach the piano. I mean, the piano is a, a percussion instrument in, For sure. in its way, but you seem to uh, approach it and use all of the piano uh, yeah. in your performance. Can you talk a little bit about when you started doing that? I think I started doing that when I played. I had a period where I played a lot of solo gigs. And um, and I, I think I needed to have some some different sound going on because I was not bored of the piano sound, but I thought, okay, I need something else going on. And I uh, and then I started doing this this walk around the piano, you know, where where I would start and I took tapping tap lessons for a little while, and I would trade fours with myself with hitting the piano with my hands and tapping. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a bit of a showy thing in, in, in concerts. People love it, but I think you have, you know, it's such a musical thing to do. And you're right, you have to play the whole box. 
because it's a percussive instrument. You can, you know, I love going in with my hand and plugging the strings or stuff like that. It's, it's. Uh, I'm a bit of a closet drummer, I have to say. I wish I was a drummer. <laughs> you know, talk about the showy element, though, because mm-hmm. I, I don't have any problem with oh, neither do I. performing. No, or I think it's a necessity, actually. You know, when I go out and see a show. If it's a natural thing, I have to. You know, when it's put on, by then then you can and you can tell that it's put on. It's not so enjoyable, but at the same time, when you go see a concert and you feel um, disconnected from the performer, I don't, you know, I don't think that's what music's about either, because it is about communication. And and the showy thing, you know, the best compliment people give me is, I've never really been into jazz, but I love the show, because it's. You're introducing them to to uh, to a new style of music that they love, and I think if you if you have a bit of the performance part in it, people can relate to the music a lot easier, even if they don't get it musically. You know? Yeah, and I think that all goes back to uh, what we were talking about at the beginning about the connection with the crowd being such yeah. an important part you know, of what it is uh, that you're doing. I mean, you could tell even just watching that crowd today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, I'm sure, many people who had no idea what they were about to get. They see just no. a piano and drums on sure. stage, and by the end, everybody's on their feet. They're singing songs along <laughs> yeah, with you. That's I fun. mean, that's just great. That's like an mm-hmm. old school performing style, right? I yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, look at Louis Armstrong or look at Billy or any of those. You know, it's. I think uh, those are the masters to draw from, not just musically but performance-wise as well. You know, but a lot of people like that got a lot of flack from the the other parts of the jazz community yeah. for putting the showman yeah. thing on too much. Mm-hmm. You know, at the expense of the art. Is that? Do you find a balancing act there? Or well, I don't. I don't get that though, because why? If if the music, if if the if it, if it's not high quality musically, I can see that. But if the music is, I mean, I mean, that's just an addition to the to the to to the concert. You know, it's not that it takes away from the music. Um, if it takes away, then obviously it's not a good thing. But if you have both, nothing wrong with that. I don't think. <laughs> Louis had it both, didn't he? Wow. And you know, but there's some great old videos of of the of the Hot Five playing, um, and the bass player, he just had a mic. You know, they didn't. You know, right? Just no, mic, sure, yeah. mic the bass. And in his bass solo, he would walk up to the front of the stage. He would pick up the bass in the middle of the song and walk up while he's playing, and play his solo at the front of the stage, like a trumpet, like the trumpet or sax would do. And uh, I think that's the coolest thing, you know, because it gives it gives some movement on stage and it's a bit of a showy thing. But man, you're featuring that bass player. Why should he stand back there and just, you know? I, right. I love that kind of stuff. Were you this way as a kid too? Were you uh, always uh, kind of an it's exhibitionist th- child? Shall we say? <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm still a child like that. Now, have you spent uh, time in New Orleans? You definitely had yeah. a, about a lot of oh, New Orleans sure. going on. Yeah, I um, I did. I recorded a CD there. Actually, what got me to go there in the first place? I um, I play uh, with a drummer named Johnny Vidakovich oh, sometimes, sure, yeah. you know, and um, and he, I wanted to record a CD with him, so I went down there and uh, and Art Neville was on the CD and Eddie Bow and guys like that, and and it was probably one of the best experiences of my life you know just just talking to those guys i learned more about music than you know i would in a music lesson or, or something but um after that i made frequent trips down and I, and I had a place there for a little while before katrina and it's my favorite place in the world by far it's uh i'm still in awe sometimes walking around and i see street signs of you know like bourbon street and and 
and Rampart Street and all those things, I just knew it from songs. Right. Like I walk around and go, cool. Right. You know, this is like, <laughs> wow, that's what James Booker was talking about. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Has, uh, is so steeped in the piano tradition, particularly the solo piano. Unbelievable. Uh, can you talk about well, uh, kind of tackling that? I mean, that's a whole animal right in itself. W- yeah, it, it really is. I, uh, I was uh, subbing in for a friend of mine um, at this place called Storyville with a great singer named Marva Wright, a uh, gospel singer in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. And, uh, and in, it's a five-hour gig, and in the intermissions, piano player is supposed to play. So as a piano player, you sit on stage for five hours and you play. Um... And uh, if you don't play, if you don't have, I mean, you don't have to play it, but if you don't have some kind of James Booker or Professor Longhair or, or uh, uh, Tuts Washington or something like that in you, you're not really considered the piano player down there, you know? <laughs> like, that has to be part of your tradition. Yeah. But for me, it's just, I just grew up with it, so for me, it's easy, but... Is there a, uh, is there a strong link between the New Orleans piano tradition and then... Uh, the kind of more like New York based guy I'm thinking even of like the, the Tatums and of course the James P yeah. those kind of guys is there a is there a fairly strong uh, not really I don't I mean with guys like Tatum or, or Oscar or someone like that even they ha- to me they have a lot of blues in their playing and New Orleans piano playing is it's I mean it's so based on gospel and blues it's really that's what it is you know um, other than that I don't really find that much connection sure. between them but people down there always Eddie Bowe said you know this is not the southern states this isn't the northern Caribbean <laughs> you know they see it a little different I was That's like right. wow that is the coolest line ever it's our only international city right? <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly right. musically speaking yeah uh, certainly yeah, yeah. so um, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Toronto Toronto's jazz scene what it's like as a home base for you uh, it's music- a good I really love Canada I have to say I'm, a, I'm very proud to be you know making my base there and uh, Toronto has a great scene it's lacking some venues though uh, you know there used to be a great venue called Top of the Senator oh, yeah. where, and, and the Montreal Bistro that's where guys like you know Ray Brown and and I don't know Benny Green and guys like that come and tour but there's no venue like that for these for those type of acts anymore 
unless you go to Massey Hall, which is like 2,000 seats, right? Right. um, So that's kind of lacking, but musicians are unbelievable. There's some really great musicians there. And great support, sorry. Uh, There's a great jazz station called Jazz FM. Yeah. Um, You know, like there's a lot of support in in this scene. It's really just venue-wise, it's kind of lacking. Talk about what's coming up for you. Uh, What's on your calendar? Um, Doing a couple shows uh, in this area, actually. We're going to... uh, we're playing at the Blue Note in New York on September 14. Great. And that's with a... That's the sextet? The sextet okay. with the uh, same band as on the last city. Um, and then the Regatta Bar in Boston on the 16th. And then Mark and I are doing a, tu- a duo tour through China. We're going to China for two weeks to play shows. No she, kidding. Yes. We'll fly to Shanghai and then we'll, they're flying us around. I don't remember all the cities, but well, as long as they have to schedule. So how did that okay. happen? I played at the Olympics in Beijing. I was I was there playing for uh, the Governor General, which is kind of sure. You know, yeah, if, uh, it was called Canada House, basically, is at, at the Olympic Village, and uh, I loved it. It was the first place I've ever been to that was really truly different than Europe or North America, you know. And I just loved it. And I came home and I called my agent and I said, "Please book me a tour because <laughs> I wanted to go back so bad." So he did. Wow. Now, do you have any idea uh, what to expect in terms... Well, I guess you've... But even when you were playing there, you were playing mostly for... I was playing for ex- people in people the Olympic Village, for Olympic sure. Village, right? yeah. So do you have any idea what to expect? I don't know. I know that Jackie Terrison went over there to do a solo sh- tour maybe last year or the year before. Um, but jazz is pretty new to them as a performance, um, as a concert, you know. Uh, so I don't... They, they sent me two Chinese folk songs that they said, please do jazzy arrangements of those songs so people have something they can recognize you know in the show but um, I'm not really worried because like like you saw here in the tent um, even if jazz is not the most popular music I think we can still turn them on to it by the, by the, by the performance part of it see there you go now the performance actually helps in the, right. in the whole thing my guest is Michael K. Sammer it's been a pleasure talking to you and thanks for taking Same. the time to do thanks. it thanks man pleasure appreciate it to shine Please let me explain By me this to shine means that you're grand By me this to shine Again I'll explain It means you're the best girl in the land I could say Bella Bella If I could say
That's Michael Casehammer. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is archived for free anytime you want it at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. And you know, if there's one thing I learned from the survey that I did, it was that many of you began listening to the show after the partnership with All About Jazz. So that means in like the last six or seven or eight months, you started listening to the show. And the show's been around now for almost three years. So there are a lot of episodes that have been recorded that you may not have heard. There are 100 and something, 130 something of them, 140 of them by this time. I don't know. There's a lot, though. And so uh, I encourage you to visit thejazzsession.com. And there's a couple fairly easy ways to browse the archives. One thing you can do, they're both on the left side of the page. Go to the left side of the page, and there's a thing that says Archive of Past Guests. And you can just look at it, just scroll down your screen, and it is an alphabetical list of everybody who's been on the show. And it's actually alphabetized by last name. I know that's not trendy anymore, uh, but it's alphabetized by last name, not not iTunes style. And then under that is a uh, categories feature where you can select by instrument if you prefer. Uh, So you could listen to all the interviews with drummers, for example, or pianists as today's guest was. So anyway, uh, check those out. There's a lot of them. They go all the way back to February of 2007. So that's that on that. Thank you very much to the Respect Sextet for providing the theme music. You should check out respectsextet.com because they're playing all over the place all the time, and they might be coming near you. And if they are, you should be near them to hear some music. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the Jazz Sessions logo. Thanks to you for listening. And I encourage you, I urge you, I, I nay command you, to go forth and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back here next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.